Walking skeletons are a sure sign that some evil wizard is getting up to no good. Minsk is quite certain that the skeletons should be sleeping in their graves, not ambulating around as if in search of midnight snacks. And now you say they have crowns and plate mail and magic swords? Are there no depths to which evil will not sink? And what does evil find down there anyway? Boo would like to know. Welcome to another episode of the It's a Mimic podcast, where I, Megan, sit down with a couple of other amazing ladies to dig up the dirt on the undead in Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition. For this episode, I've resurrected Casey and Mieka, so we can sink our teeth into this episode, which is called Skeletons, Having a Bone to Pick with the Heroes. This episode on the It's a Mimic channel is going to cover the most dangerous kind of skeleton, the Skull Lord who is just bad to the bone. We've previously covered all sorts of skeletons on the regular It's a Mimic podcast, and you can find the list of episodes in our Monsters episode guide on our website or on our YouTube channel. But for now, there are still a few that are worth polishing off. But before we dig up the dirt on these bony baddies, I want to ask a question. Do you think skeletons are still relevant as horror monsters, or have we as a civilization gotten to the point where they feel almost mundane? Okay, are we going to breeze past the fact that we're talking about bones and you said polishing off? (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to let that one go? (laughs) Wow. Thanks, Adam. (laughs) The absolute worst. Uh, but to your point, Mia, yeah. um, I don't know. I don't think that they're irrelevant in any way, shape, or form. I think they're a more creative way to have undead fodder, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that, like, because you can make a skeleton out of every, anything that is living, yeah. I think that the opportunities are technically endless. And yeah. that's why I don't think that they're necessarily overly as mundane as we think they are. I just think we're not using them the way they should be used. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, if I see a skeleton in a haunted house, so for the listeners, haunted houses are, like, one of my, like, I'm terrified of them. Do not put me in a haunted house. You know what, Mieka? I am not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're the person that if you went through a haunted house, you should be throwing people in front of you. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I do. <laughs> I, like, hide, like, in people. Like, just don't look at me. I don't want no one to look at me. Um, no, but, like, if I saw a skeleton in a haunted house, I would be terrified. But, like, in D&D, if we're, like, in a, like, a dungeon or whatever and one pops out, it's like... Just let's just smack it. Like I don't. Yeah, let's get just get rid of this shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fair. Yeah, I think the basic skeleton, perhaps, but there's so much more that a skeleton can be. It's true. If you don't realize that, you're missing out. Yeah. Weird Megan lore. Uh, I don't like bones. I hate bones. I hate (laughs) meat that's on bones. I don't like bones. Okay. Like, it's just a weird thing that I have where just the idea of it being like surrounded by sinew and flesh at one point and now it is not. Yeah. Weirds me out. So, like, if I'm at a meal or having dinner or something like that, I cannot eat meat off of a bone. Like, I ha- it has to be removed, and I can't, I don't want to look at it. So, boneless. <laughs> boneless everything. Boneless everything. For the only way in my life will I say that I need to be boneless, it is when it comes to food without bone. Yeah, yeah, you just don't fucks with bones, man. I'm just not about it. 
So uh, maybe that's why I don't feel like skeletons are like, you know, Mm. I don't think they're mundane. I think that there's a lot to do with the fact that it is an animated, compartmentalized part of a human or an animal is just absolutely disgusting to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the whole thing where like, we talked in our last episode about the boneless. Yeah. Equally as gross. Yeah. Now we're talking about just bones. Like there has, there has to be a middle ground here, ladies. But anyways, I digress. (laughs) I digress. I digress. All right, let's talk about the skeleton. Before we get into any some of the cooler versions that we're going to talk about today, these bodacious bony bitches, let's just talk about the base skeleton. Uh, you can find most of this info right inside the 5th edition base monster manual, but the TLDR of a skeleton is that they are raised dead, usually from some form of dark necromatic magic, whether purposely or even by accident when dead bony bodies are found themselves surrounded by some kind of magic. How exciting. As a reanimated dead thing, some key things to note is that they do not have any connection to their past selves. So we've talked about a couple of undead things that, of course, have some kind of connection mentally to their previous selves. Skeletons, base, don't. In fact, so much that they are considered to be obedient servants, which just means that they are bending to the will of their creator, if they have one. Um, They can read, sorry, they cannot read, speak, emote, or communicate in any other way other than simple body language like shaking its head or waving its hands. Great. Great. Yeah. Uh, They can do most things like wield weapons or follow very detailed explanations of things, which I think is hilarious because it reads to me as if you were dealing with a child who needs specific instructions or they they will assemble the sandwich backwards. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right? (laughs) Other things to note is that they lose, uh, if they lose their master... They will then just act as how they know how to. So they are creatures of habit, basically, is is the easiest way to describe this. So if they are told to do evil things or fight anything that moves, they will continue to do so out of a generated habit. And since being created usually through dark means, they are compelled to kill the living. So will do so with very little regard to their own survival. They do not have the instinct to keep themselves safe. They will just fight you until you are dead. And if you kill them, they're like, oh, me first. Like, it's, mm-hmm. that's just how they roll. One track mind. Right? And of course, they are undead, so they don't require air, food, drink, or sleep. So, let's talk about their stats. They are a medium-sized creature that are lawful evil, which checks out as they're inherently evil, but told to do so. So they believe what they're doing is normal. Um, they have an AC of 13 with scraps of armor, but let's be real, if I was to DM a skeleton, I would give it some fucking armor. Why not? Right. Yeah. Especially if it's a humanoid creature. Mm. Throw a fucking metal plate on it and be like, oh, you get it now. <laughs> <laughs> they do have very few hit points and a speed of only 30, so they are kind of like your mundane skeleton human. They are below average in all skills, except for dex and con, which have a plus two, um, which to me just does scream army grunt. Not very exciting. They're vulnerable to bludgeoning damage, which, again, I find hilarious, because they are a bag of bones waiting to be smashed. (laughs) They will just crumble. Right? They are, of course, immune to poison and being exhausted. Uh, They also have dark vision and a passive perception of mine. It understands all languages that it knew in its previous life, which would be mentioned a lot of the times when it comes to undead, but, of course, they cannot speak. Which yeah. is pretty cool, because it understands everything you're saying to it if it knows what your language is, but it's like... And can take direction. Yeah. But then that's it. But it's a simple direction, again, because yeah. they have a below-average intelligence, so they're just kind of like... Bah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gregory, what do you want me to do? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All of this makes them a CR of a whopping one quarter. One mm. quarter. 
As actions, they can melee attack with a plus four to hit and do a whopping average of five damage. <laughs> of course, uh, they also have a short, uh, they can also use a short bow uh, with the same statistics. So basically, you can either make yourself a melee character or an archer out of your basic skeleton bag of bones. Mm-hmm. So, rules as written, as I mentioned, skeletons can't talk. Do you think you'd have more fun with them if they did? <laughs> yeah? Am I sitting here no. with a bunch of skeletons right now? <laughs> I, Do you need me to roll dice? <laughs> Do you need me to give you simple instructions? Oh my god, yeah. Yes or no answers from now on. Everybody roll dice. Roll some dice. <laughs> we need to know what turn we take, okay? I need some direction, Megan. All right, I rolled a 19, Casey rolled 11, Mieka, you're following us up with a 6. <laughs> All right, rules is written again, skeletons can't talk. Woo! <laughs> Do you think you'd give them more fun if they could? Honestly, no. I think it's more fun that they can't. Yeah. Especially if you do make a more intelligent version of a skeleton just for funsies and it is trying to communicate with you. Like, I think that's more fun. And more, but again, it's kind of like the same concept that I always go back to call, talking to your kobolds because they have a reason for being there. So this would be the hard one because it's like, talk to your skeletons because <laughs> they are reanimated dead of somebody and they're following someone. So getting information out of them would be ideally helpful. Yeah. yeah. But it would just be an interesting interaction to do so if you legitimately tried to talk to it. Also, if a skeleton doesn't attack you, like a base bone skeleton does not attack you, that means it wasn't trained to do so. That means it wasn't compelled or told to do so. Which means it was trained and compelled to do something else. It's like, how do you figure That's it out? That's true. Yeah. So if you go in and there's a skeleton standing there, like, staring at you, mm-hmm. it'd be like, what's up, my guy? Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to immediately running your sword through it, I'd kind of take yeah. a pause and yeah. be like, wait a minute. Like, But again, this is like that weird... You know, it's meta. It's a meta knowledge, but at the same time, it's kind of like okay. If you've come across enough undead, you know that they're compelled to attack you. Mm-hmm. So this one doesn't. Right. I might take a pause and be like, no, no. How do I communicate with this thing? How do we figure out? And I might do a lot of pointing and such and such. I might give you a book or a pamphlet about its cult leader. You know, but like, <laughs> I think that they're more fun because they don't talk. Pamphlet. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't need to talk to you. I'm just going to kill you. <laughs> I just want to hit you and watch you, like, just break apart and fall to yeah. the ground. But from a DM standpoint, yeah. Like, I think it would be um, cool, like, if they were talking and then make the players put to- put together, like, the pieces of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Like, with the pamphlet, it's like, what? Like, <laughs> like, like you're not expecting a skeleton to, to like communicate with you, I think, so. I now just imagine, because you said put the puzzle together, imagining yeah. it just pulling out a box and, like, dumping puzzle pieces <laughs> on the ground and being like, figure it out, bitch. <laughs> Again, honestly, iconic. Like, iconic. <laughs> yeah. That's its job. Mm-hmm. Or 
it's the one that holds the the key if you say the right word yeah. to them, and they mm-hmm. just like stand there and don't do anything until you say the right word, and there's just clues. Oh my god, I'm imagining <laughs> oh, this. Guy. I have no patience. No, <laughs> no patience. <laughs> I have no patience. Like, how do you play a character named Patience? Wait. Have I think no, no that was just in our game. Yeah. Your purpose. Your purpose. Yeah, like, <laughs> but I'm like, wait, did I? Did I? Did I don't remember. What have I done with my life? Uh, no, I'm now imagining a skeleton that has like a key around its neck, but it's like trying to hide it in between its bones, and it's just like holding its hand over top yeah. of it, and it's just like, this is mine. <laughs> my only job is to protect this, but not attack you back. Aw. All right, but basic yeah. lore skeletons are completely different from other undead creatures. But who do you feel about encounter? Who do you feel? <laughs> How do you feel about encounters that team up skeletons with boneless from the last episode? Oh gosh! Mm. Or still traumatized? I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> or having the flesh fall away from a zombie and making it a skeleton? Do you think that these are worthwhile enemies to come as a second wave in a combat encounter? Because, like, at the end of the day, remember, like, we talked about the boneless in the last last episode. For those yeah. at the audience who don't know, um, a boneless essentially is a creature that was killed by dramatic means, whether being crushed or losing its its bones or gross. Uh, so, or it's skinned alive. Right. Um, so that skin then becomes reanimated as a boneless. What happens to the bones? It could become a skeleton. Right. So I think that's dope as fuck. Because yeah. then you have an army of, like, these skinned, gross, bloody, veiny, like, muscle tissue just peeling mm-hmm. off. Yeah. And then, like, you have this, like, nice, like, clean-picked skeleton right beside it. Yeah. Right? Oh, <clears throat> It's like the boneless could seep under the door and unlock the door for the skeletons to get in. Self-sustaining mm-hmm. army, Casey. Mm-hmm. Working together. <clears throat> Oh my god, okay, this is gonna be gross. <laughs> but hear me out. So a boneless that wears a, like, sorry, a, a skeleton that wears a boneless as a cape. Oh. And ew. throws it at you. Oh. <laughs> so that you are then, because like, again, for those who at home don't understand, don't know, the boneless have an ability that when they hit you with their two attacks, that you are now grappled and they are suffocating you and crushing you to death. So a skeleton runs in wearing this blanket cloak of a, of, of a boneless and then just whips it off and throws it at yeah. you. Like a like a net. Like a net. As a player, I'd be damned if a, I go down because of a skeleton threw something at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going out like just that. Just rips its skin off itself and eats yeah. it at you. That cannot be the way I die. I will not <laughs> die this way. Nope. Yeah. And I like the idea of the second wave. Like, say mm. you hoard all these zombies into one area and you light that bitch up. <laughs> and then you're like, well, our work is done here. Wonderful. And then all of those, like, charred bones just mm-hmm. stand up and now you're fighting a horde of skeletons. Mm-hmm, Ooh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why hasn't Walking Dead done that? Because <laughs> uh, they don't play in D&D 5th edition. Different lore. Horrifying, <laughs> though. Yeah, reminds me of the dull hand. Oh, dull yeah. Hand. yeah. Also covered in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend listening to the last episode. <laughs> this is yeah, the last episode. It's a, it's a fucking train wreck, but it will help you with this episode. <laughs> wow. <laughs> We're doing really good at our job of educating people on the undead in D&D 5th edition. so much horror. The yes. horror. 
We do. I love that Miyake is on most of the episodes. We're just like, I will never go to haunted house. Where <laughs> yeah. Casey and I are like, fuck this shit. Yeah, I'm going to whip my skin at your face and you're going to suffocate. <laughs> <laughs> Something about haunted houses, man. Light it up, light it up. Especially the one from this guy's something. She's pointing at Curse of Strahd. Yeah, yeah, Curse of Strahd. <laughs> I that house. Fuck that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to more exciting things than just the base skeleton. All right, so let's talk about the skeleton warrior. Mm. So you can find information in the Minsk and Booze Journal of Villainy. Um, this can be found online. You got to pay for the PDF, and Adam actually reviews it on the Patreon. So highly recommend that Patreon. Mm, yeah. Um. All right, so they're just skeletons with like better armor and weapons, but they have more intelligence. So they probably move more fluidly. And with more purpose, these are not your typical skeletons that you run into. They have a CR of five. Um, these are legit trained warriors. They were like nobles um, or adventurers who remember their old life. So they speak multiple languages and can talk to you. Um, they also um, they are also just as effective at combat now as they were in their old lives. So mm. they remember everything. Warrior on warrior, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> In order to bring one to unlife, a talented necromancer will collect whatever remains they can, will collect whatever remains they can find to bring the skeleton warrior to life. <laughs> what are, what are, I was my, reading are the... my thoughts braining? <laughs> Wait a minute. I like to point out that nobody here is drinking but me. So <laughs> you have no excuse. You traumatized me with Cognac. I did traumatize you with Cognac. (laughs) I am still recovering and I'm still drunk. (laughs) These episodes were definitely not recorded on the same day. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. Thought I was the wrong one. How would they know? How would they know? (laughs) All right. Necromancer controls the skeleton warrior through their soul circlet. This is a golden circlet that binds their soul to the living world. Whoever possesses the soul circlet has complete control over the skeleton. If the skeleton warrior ever gets a hold of this, they will usually destroy it and return to their um, eternal slumber. They usually act as big bodyguards, but sometimes necromancers have been known to make them go off and run their own little army of other skeletons who will act smarter and have better tactics with a skeleton warrior leading them. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So these are medium undead and they are lawful evil. Has an AC of 18 and 12d8 plus 36 hit points. Damn armor. Mm -hmm. Again, armor your skeletons. Yeah, (laughs) there you go. Bludgeoning from magical attacks are what will hurt this thing the most because, of course, magic being magic. And bludgeoning always hurts skeletons. However, they are resistant to necrotic and cold damage. You also can't poison these guys and no non-magical items can do any damage. So this means they're immune to slashing, piercing, bludgeoning from regular attacks. That checks out. Because in my mind, I'm like, like, why would that be? And it's because, like, the circlet is what is kind of keeping them. Uh, Yeah. It makes them more more magical than not. Right? Yeah. 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 
Some condition immunities, um, charmed, exhaustion, frightened, and poisoned. Uh, they remember all languages from life, so you can have a combo with these guys. And Dark Vision sits at a whopping 120 feet. Nice. So some things that are annoying for players, they have advantage on saving throws against magical spells. So as far as actions go, they are able to make two attacks with the great sword that has a plus nine to hit and does two d6 plus six slashing damage. The weirdest thing about them is that they don't have the unusual nature trait that most other undead have. That's the only thing that makes undead not need to sleep, food, drink, or air. It's missing for the skeleton warrior, which means that rules as written, they need to breathe and rest and eat. Um, that's bullshit. I use my common sense and just add it. But, um, that up. All right, I'm done. I'm done with this shit. <laughs> Phenomenal. It is weird that that's thrown back in. Because, like, where's the food gonna go? <laughs> I'm like, what is it doing? What is, is it, like, providing energy? Is it providing rage? Is it, like, yeah. where? Yeah, like, what's... You were already brought back. What's the point? What is yeah. the point? What is the absolute point? All right, um, let's raise some dice and have a conversation about these bitches. Sorry, I'm going to say bony bitches a lot in this. <laughs> bony bitches. Oh, God. Oh. This is my fault now. Okay. Go. Okay, so... Oh, <gasps> Casey and I roll off with a one. Not ones. I rolled an 11. Casey's rolled a two. two. So, Mieka, you're first. All right. Quest <laughs> ideas. Like, it's hard to think of a quest idea for these, because they feel like grunts to me still. Yeah, like... I have no respect for them. <laughs> a classic Mika sentence. Yeah. I feel like there's no. anything that you're going to be known for on the internet is I have no respect for you. Yeah. <laughs> and I, mean, I think you're an idiot. Like, I'm not going to play games. I'm just going to let you know now. Yeah. No, but like, quest idea. Um, I mean, players coming across the weird um, evil necromancer, I guess, and having to fight these guys. But maybe... In some way, they get that soul circlet back, and instead of like trying to destroy it, they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna stick around for a while." Yeah, and yeah, yeah, something like that. That's I guess. true. Yeah, who's na- I forgot what I rolled against. Did I roll higher than you? I rolled an eleven? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the last. So I do like to attach myself to this whole circlet business. Mm-hmm. The fact that the circlet is what gains the control and power over these things. So I would almost want to. You are in a. I don't know. You're fighting some things. You're fighting a horde. And these things are almost intelligent enough to have a conversation with you about something. You find out it is being controlled. It doesn't actually want to do what it is doing. And now you are helping this skeleton get back its circle so it can take over its own life. Yeah. You're basically playing, like, the genie in the lamp. You Mm. want to free him. Right? right. Or it's your friend that died and then is now raised with this circlet and you're like, I want to get the circlet back so I can free my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you could spin it as freeing them. Um, You could spin it as you just want to take control of this skeleton warrior army. Yeah. So your goal is to, like, get the circlet. Yeah. Um, And maybe you would come across a skeleton warrior that did get free and it's like the free elf. (laughs) Free. (laughs) Dobby has been given a sock. (laughs) Badass warriors, you guys are fucking lame. I feel like 
that's what we do here, though. We make everything seem worse than it actually is. Um, I'm going to skip body horror for this one. We're talking about skeletons. I feel like yeah. we like, ad nauseum. We've talked about how gross it is here. The clacking of bones. Mm-hmm. Like, the nastiness of the sound of, like, their feet hitting the ground. Like, right, yeah. it just, like, again, for me, touching bones in general, not a, not a vibe. Mm-hmm. So, like, we can skip body horror on these ones in my mind. Uh, so, role-playing and exploration clues for these. Hmm. <laughs> they are skeletons that wear armor. There you go. That's it. And then the whole... <laughs> just, like, trying them... The whole mission of helping them get their circlet back, only maybe to turn on the players, like, once they get it back. Ooh. Oh. I like that. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a whole heck of a lot, right? No. Because, like, these ones... Did we say these ones can speak? Yes, they can speak. Yeah. They know all the languages they knew in life. Yeah. yeah. So, like, if these ones can speak and have that intelligence, I feel like that would be something to play on. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But the one time. That one time. <laughs> that that skeleton time. said something to me. But, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't know. You got anything to add, Casey, to that one? No, they're going to be... They're still just going to be the grunts. They're not going to be sneaky, yeah. really. They're yeah. just they're going to be we're guarding this, or we are waiting for someone to attack us, and we attack. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The big storyline option is the the circlet. The fact that it is technically enslaved. That you're adding a couple of other humanoid aspects to it, but at the end of the day, it is a skeleton wearing a piece of armor. Yeah. Right. So it's helpful to know that there is this piece of or this type of skeleton if you're creating... Like, I swear one of the things we've talked about in one of the ended episodes was a, like, higher CR monster that could control these. Like, talked about having a circlet that potentially has the souls of of creatures. Mm-hmm. So you can maybe even spin that off of, like, a bigger storyline. Yeah. So just remembering that there's these creatures with a circlet. So. I'm imagining, yeah. and I'm only saying this because Mieka's the princess in the room. <laughs> but, like, this, like, Damn this, right. like, pharaoh-like queen mm-hmm. that is running an army of these, like, undead skeleton warriors, and she has, she's just got, like, three or four circlets like going like the yeah, biggest she's, like, crown covered in them. like covered this giant crown formed of all yes. these circlets that she's put together and like these like bangles like mm-hmm. bracelets that are like the versions of these fucking and that's what her army is built of yeah yep. and then if you kill her or get rid of her in some way shape or form mm-hmm. all of these circlets and bangles and like all of the, this giant crown you are now the leader of an army of skeleton oh, warriors wow. yeah that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, you're fucking welcome, internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. That's it. Um, and, like, I mean, we don't really have to go into the combat aspects of it that far. It is more of a fighter than it is in your classic skeleton. It's going to be harder to kill. Yeah, yeah. but it's still going to go, uh, like, if that's its job, yeah. it's going to fight. Mm-hmm. This one's going to fight. And this one is compelled 100%, right? Because it's controlled by the circlet, so yeah. you're not really going to be able to get away from it. Mm-hmm. What do we got right. next? Uh, so we're going to move on to the Skeletal Knight. Um, this is found in Dragonlance, Shadow of the Dragon Queen. To me, these, I think we've compared other creatures to the Ringwraith style creature, like whites and things. This yeah. kind of speaks to me that way as well. It's like the Ringwraith of D&D. They, um, they are typically serving an evil being and are undead, undying due to their epic failures in life. Great. Have we heard that before? I feel like we've heard this before. <laughs> um, they are medium undead, typically lawful evil. 
They are also AC of 18 because they have plate armor. The average HP is 112. Wow. Uh, speed of 30 feet and CR 7. So they are on a mount. So harder to kill, a bit more terrifying. Um, just need to need to smash away quite a bit more to try and destroy this one. Smashy smash. Um, all average or above average um, stats, with dex and charisma being the lowest at zero, but con is plus three and strength is plus five. So mm-hmm. they got a bit more beef to their smash. Um, they have the same skeleton damage and condition immunities uh, and dark vision of 60 feet. It understands the languages that it knew in life, but can't speak. Okay. Back to that. It also has the unusual nature. Uh, and the skeleton light also has undead fortitude. So if it drops to zero HP, it must make a con save. Uh, let me try that again. The skeleton light has undead fortitude. So that means that if it drops to zero HP, it must make a con save. And the DC is five plus the damage taken when it drops to the zero HP. Okay. Unless it was a critical hit or bludgeoning damage, because we know bludgeoning is way worse. Bad for bones, yep. So it must make that con save. On a success, it drops to one HP instead. So Mm -hmm. it just kind of can save itself, essentially, in one last effort. Uh, The Skeleton Knight has multi-attack. It can make three attacks with its blade or axe in any combination. It has Enervating Blade. So this weapon is a melee attack, five foot reach, plus eight to hit, and does 3d6 plus five necrotic damage. Wow! So that's a bit more hefty. Uh, and same, a similar thing that we've heard before, it can't... Um, Target can't regain hit points until the start of the Skeletal Knight's next turn. Mm. Uh, it also has a throwing axe, a uh, straightforward throwing axe, melee or ranged, uh, plus 8 to hit, 2d8 plus 5 slashing damage. So the Enervating Blade has much more bang, uh, so I would imagine this creature is always going to go running into battle, and if it can get into melee within that 5 feet, it's going to. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so that's the Skeletal Knight. A little more badass. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The image is pretty intense, too. You really get the, the, like, armor focus. Lord of the Rings wraith Mm -hmm. bullshit. Yeah, right. Very much so. That's maybe where it came from, too, just that that terror knight. Terror terror knight. Yeah. There should be a headless horseman on that sucker. (laughs) Yes. You're like, oh, sure, sure, why not? (laughs) All right, uh, let's raise some dice for this one then, my gaze. Hmm. Knocked me from 18 to 2, thanks. Yeah, so Mieka, you're first. first. You're going first. (laughs) You're first. All right, let's elaborate on some possible quest ideas or encounter ideas for these ones. I'm going to switch it up because skeletons are boring. So quest or encounter. Mm. Uh, Tell (laughs) us how you really feel. You bore me. Encounter. Um, I'm gonna reach back into the um do- the dual hand thing. Maybe this thing just comes running at, at you, mm-hmm. <laughs> just for no reason, ready to just Ugh. hit you. You're in its territory. It's gonna come and get you. That's gross. Yeah. 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 And three attacks. You don't see three attacks mm-hmm. very often. So, yeah, I, I was yeah. gonna say like it's a big piece to mention. Just yeah. the fact that it has the three attacks. Mm-hmm. Like it's. 
That's pretty fucking intense. Yeah. Yeah. So it could do a ranged attack first yeah. and then get up to you and do two blade attacks. Yeah. It's, it's any combo. It's on horseback, obviously. It's going to have to be. Mm-hmm. The fact that it's plated armor of an AC of 18 mm-hmm. is yeah. pretty intense. And the fact that it's going to throw axes at you. That's pretty fucking frightening. Yeah. Like, yeah. I I don't even know if I would have these attached to anything. I feel like these would just be wandering knights that would just feel like they're too good for, too cool for school for anyone else. You know? Yeah. That is fair. Yeah. They are just an epic failure on their own. Yeah. Like, yes, I fucked up a long time ago and now this is I'm me. just going to wander the world by myself, right? <laughs> and, like, if you take the time to figure out its backstory, cool, but, again, they can't speak. And I think that's the hardest part for me is, yes, we talked about how, like, it's it's neat for them that the, fa- the fact that they can't. Yeah. But, like, at the same time, like, if you're going to have these characters that have such rich, ba- rich backstory, it's hard to accept that they can't say it out loud. So, like, as a DM, you're going to yeah. have to figure out ways for them to figure out why they exist in the world, why they're here. Are they wearing an emblem of their queen? Like, are they, like, Mm -hmm. what is it that attaches them to the world that you're operating in that your team can go towards, right? Mm -hmm. Because, like, if they are going to be operating against, again, I'm going to go back to my queen with the giant circlets. She's going to have a crest or something, right? And so, like, you might come across this crest all over the place, like, as, like, an exploration thing in a quest that you're looking for this queen that operates under this banner, right? And, like, these knights are now the bannermen of this this queen mm-hmm. and like so their armor now has that emblem on it so that's gonna be an exploration and clue that this might might be able to take you to where this queen is going to be or you're getting close yeah right Question. again we're skipping body horror today <laughs> uh role-playing whose thoughts about role-playing uh, <laughs> like they are battle ready that oh, is yeah. that is what they're gonna do they're gonna come at you they're gonna attack you by any means if you're in their way or... They're not going to stop to talk. No. They're not going to let you pop off your monologue and questions just to find out they can't talk back to you, yeah. right? They're just going to come at you and lance you in the face. But having those clues of, like, maybe, like, the, like you said, the symbol of, like, the queen's court or something. Yeah. And, yeah, like, dropping those little pieces of, like, you're getting close to, like, something, like, even bigger, so... Yeah, exactly. Like, like these things are undead, but they're clearly armored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're clearly a hell of a lot harder to kill. Yep. Like, it's just, yeah. Yeah, and they are relentless. Yeah, they they don't care about being destroyed themselves. They've lost everything already. Mm -hmm. So they're like the OG skeleton where they will fight until they are destroyed. Yeah. Kill or be killed. That's how they roll. Um, They do have a lot of combat tactics. Let's talk about that one. So, like, what is your favorite combat aspect to them? We talked about the fact that they have the ability to do three attacks. Yeah. Is there anything else in there that interests you guys? Uh, I think what's interesting is how hefty that will hit, and I don't think uh, players will realize that a skeleton-type creature like this can prevent HP replenishment. Yes. So that's the big one. The the enervating blade or whatever that is? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a big... That's a big window to the fact that you are fighting something that is going to be harder to kill is that like you see this thing coming from the distance um it runs up to you and then it hits you with this fucking blade and then all of a sudden the dm is basically like hey like well you can't regen xp hp until the end of my the the next turn right that's gonna be a big wait what yeah (laughs) yeah i can't do what yeah Yeah, and then on to the second attack and third attack like if it hits all in all three attacks on the same creature that's 96 plus 15 necrotic damage. Like, 96 potentially is 
is a fatal, lot of depending. Damage. Yeah, and depending on like what um you know what tier your your players are at, that could be lethal to your squishy rogue or your squishy. Yeah. Wizard, right? Yeah. And Three throwing axes to the face? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. And if the healer is like, oh, I got you, I'll send my aura that way or whatever, and the DM goes, that does nothing. (laughs) 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 So that's Uh, fun. I would say. Yeah. Um, it's, the, it's the three attacks from me, and one of them you can throw an axe at me, too. Like, that's just disrespectful. It's too many things. Yeah. It's so many things. Yeah. Right? Like, I can just imagine your glare if, like, yeah. you, you duck because an axe comes flying at you. It's like, oh, is that really <laughs> happened? You son of a bitch. Yes. I'm going to come at you. Just All right. I'm my attitude around. Your attitude is my favorite attitude, though. <laughs> and of everybody who's ever given me attitude, Mieke, you're the one that I accept the most. Perfect. All right. Skeleton Lord. All right. So these are souls of nobility, um, like lords and kings. They are legit scary. They have a power to make their opponents, even the bravest, feel fear. And um, you can find... Again, you can find info on this in Mintz Kimbu's Journal of Villainy. Mm. All right. So they have a CR of nine. These two are medium undead and lawful evil with an AC of 18. Their hit points come in at 16d8 plus 64. Wowie wow. Yep, that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> Their strength is a crazy 20 points, which is very strengthy for a skeleton. I'm proud of that one. Very strengthy. (laughs) Um, They have the same vulnerabilities, resistances, and immunities as the skeleton warriors, so only bludgeoning magic weapons can do serious damage. They are obviously immune to poison and non-magical attacks. Um, But this is where they differ. They have this thing called the fear aura. Now, if if you plan on attacking this thing within 20 feet of it, you automatically must make a DC 17 wisdom saving throw. If you succeed, great, you're immune to it um, for the next 24 hours. But if you fail, you're frightened until your next turn. I fucking hate that ability. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like the warriors, they too have um, advantage in saving throws against spells and other magical effects. They also have a great sword too, but they get three swings with it instead of the two. So it's um, plus 12 to hit, and when they do, it's 2d6 plus 9 slashing damage. Hmm. Amazing. What is the save on the being feared ability again? Like, what's the save you have to roll? Um, DC 17 wisdom saving throw. Okay. 17's high. So I would like to point out, I have been in a final battle with something that had this ability. A lot of undead creatures and other creatures in D&D 5th edition have this ability. The, to, be, to just make you frightened by walking into a room and seeing it. Very common. Yeah. I went into a big bad evil guy fight, and my paladin, who is charisma-based, could not hit the DC for the wisdom save. Wow. And so my fucking paladin wouldn't fight. Couldn't go, <laughs> and, like, couldn't go towards it, because that's what yeah. the frightened does. You can't, and so I couldn't get into melee range. Mm-hmm. So can't use any of my smites, can't use any of my abilities. Can't. I was literally useless. Like six from rounds in combat. Oh my from one fucking tell and literally and then the fucking DM had to throw me a bone. <laughs> literally, because we're talking about the undead. Um, just to be able to fight in this fight. Because I could not unfrighten myself. Yeah. Like, it was so fucked up. 
But like it's like cheating. Yeah, like you don't get to cheat, and that's like, <laughs> like it's. And I feel like it's so underutilized because yeah, like we I mean, talk about a lot. I'm gonna say a lot of the creatures we have talked about, Casey, over the years we've done this podcast have had this ability. Yeah. But rarely does it come up and rarely does a DM use it to their advantage. And rarely does it affect your team so harshly. But, like, it can happen. Yeah. That you have a barbarian or a fucking, um, like, again, a paladin or anything that's not wisdom-based. Yeah. That's just frightened the whole fucking time. Yeah. And, like, quickly your meat shield could just be out of the game. Yeah. For... Mm -hmm. Potentially many rounds. But then that's advice to a DM that if you want to put your meat shield out of, like, like you know, the, the go-about for at least a couple of rounds until they frustratingly finally get the roll, um, this is one way to do it, is find creatures and find that have this ability. Yeah. I feel like we don't talk about this ability in that nearly enough. Yeah. But it's like, a bad one. It's, mm-hmm. it, yeah, it, it can be debilitating, right? Yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk about these ones. Let's drop my hat on the floor. Are we rolling? We can roll. <laughs> All right. Just because I know you guys need order in this house. <laughs> they hate it. Uh, all right, Casey, you're going first with a 17, Mieka second with a 7, and I will rock up the bottom with a 3. <laughs> Fine. All right, any added quest ideas for these ones? Okay. Well... Any scenario we have already talked about, I think these can come into play. Uh, they absolutely have that extra, like, kick to them mm-hmm. with the, with, like, being able to do the ability of Frightened, other things. Yeah. But. They just feel like another part of the army. Yeah, they which, are. Which sucks because they're technically a lord or a lady. They are of nobility. And all I can think in my head is this is Mieka. Yeah. When she dies, we become a skeleton lord. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, like, they're going to be the ones, like, you know, several layers in to the fodder. Yeah. And probably prefer to just stand back and let, you know, other, like, other skeleton types Mm -hmm. wear away at hit points for a while. Yeah, like, I feel if you're building a skeleton army, you're going to get your base skeletons at the front. They're, like, the general. Um, yeah. yeah. Right, that's the thing. Yeah. And then, like, the skeleton warrior's gonna, like, take up the next space, and then the skeleton knight is gonna take up the next space. Mm-hmm. And then right at the top end is probably gonna be your, your skeleton lord, which, in my mind, if I was to build a quest around this, would be the one that has all the, the bangles and yeah. the circlets yeah, that's, that's controlling where... the army. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have the intelligence to do that. Right? Mm-hmm. What about you, Mika? Did you have any other quest thoughts? Um, as far as quest... Like, making your players commit... What if they walked into the aura and they didn't, like... But they haven't seen the um, Skeleton Lord yet. I don't know. I would I, I would play around with that uh, fear aura a bit. Yeah. I think. That's a good exploration piece. Mm-hmm. And, a well, and, and a good added combat item. Yeah. Right? Like, that's a good clue that you're coming into one of these. All of a sudden, like, you're... Mm-hmm. you're Unafraid barbarian is suddenly afraid to move Fear forward. Fear filled with yeah. dread, yeah. Because they're the mm-hmm. one that saw it first. Because they're like, again, what's your marching order? <laughs> Thanks, yeah. DM. The other DM. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like, okay. Well, the barbarian's coming. going first. Yeah. Is going to fail that wisdom check, and that's going to be your clue that something's coming up. Yeah. Or your rogue is going to be frozen in fear. Your rogue yeah. is going to run ahead to try and scout out what's going on, mm-hmm. and then your group is going to catch up to them because they're standing there still. Yeah. 
That would or, be... Yeah, or they, they do come running back, and they're like, I can't go in there. Not doing it. <laughs> hard pass, hard pass, yeah. hard pass. I'll wait for you guys here, and yeah. I'm done. Going home, <laughs> going home, going home. We're done, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking yes. Um, how would you roleplay one of these? I'd roleplay it like a general. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Barking I'd... orders? Yeah. Yeah. With his brain mind? Fuck yeah. you. Got more yeah. to it, so... Going back to uh, Game of Thrones... Just them lined up, just silent yeah, while right? everyone else is like fighting. <laughs> mm-hmm. The Council of Skeleton yeah. Lords. Oh yes. my god, that's it. You know, I fucking love building a good council. <laughs> council of Skeleton Lords. I'm doing yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys have learned now that you played in tables. Me, I love a good council. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <clears throat> All right. Any final thoughts about the Skeleton Lord, or do we want to move on to the Skull Lord? I'm ready to learn about some Skull Lord. Skull Lord it is. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay. So, Megan, I need you to just do your best to keep your composure. Don't tell me that. (laughs) (laughs) Because there might be a name you recognize in the spiel I have to do, so just... Throw it down. Calm down. I'm here for you. Ahead of time. Um, (laughs) Okay, so Skull Lords reside primarily in the Shadowfell, where they endlessly try to claim larger regions of land and wage war against um, other Skull Lords using undead hordes. Okay. Scary lands that they are just trying to claim more of. Um, The first Skull Lord emerged from the chaos after the fall of Vecna. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Where Vampire Kaz betrayed him, ah! taking his eye and hand. Ah! Calm down. Calm down. It's okay. It's okay. I know. Holding it together. <laughs> so, Vecna's warlords fell into turmoil and chaos in seeing this happen to him and ultimately caused the end of Vecna's plans because it just it threw them yeah. so much. It threw them for a little like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> And in a fitful rage, Vecna fused them in groups of three as a punishment for the infighting and failure as their captains and war leaders. So essentially, you can't stop fighting with each other? Here, do it forever with no escape. And fuse them. So since Vecna, other evil creatures have created their own Skull Lords, and they all end up in exile. Um... So I'm going to show you an image of it. Okay. Because I feel like that sets the scene. Sets the tone. So it is... Oh my god. Okay, so for those that aren't looking, it is basically a skeleton that is covered in very, very fancy armor, carries a lovely staff, and has three skeleton heads. Yeah. And long fingernails, I would like to point out. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Definitely. Um... Yeah, and so in terms of stats, we've got it's a medium undead lawful evil creature, AC of 18. This is something that is a theme along the way with that plate armor. Like, you kicked it off perfectly for this episode, Megan. Armor your skeletons. Yeah, it it can fuck you up. Talk to your kobold, (laughs) armor your skeletons. Yep. Uh, hit point average is 105, speed of 30 feet. Uh, we're going to dig into the meat 
No, we don't have meat. We're gonna dig into the bones. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> rifle through these bones. We're rifling through the bones. <laughs> this is a CR of fifteen. Fuck shit. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So stat block is all above average, ranging from plus two to plus five. Charisma's plus five. They have dark vision of sixty feet and notably high perception of twenty-two. Wow. Damage resistances. Cold, necrotic, bludgeoning, piercing, slashing from non-magical attacks. So this bag of bones <laughs> is resistant to bludgeoning damage. Phenomenal. Yes. Keep going. Damage immunities, poison. Condition immunities, it says bounded. I think that's an error. Yeah, but it's going to be blinded, charmed, deafened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Condition immunities, blinded, charmed, deafened, exhaustion, frightened, poisoned, stunned, and unconscious. I'm sorry, I just want to go back to that because I'm just imagining now that, I am immune to being bounded. (laughs) How dare you try and bind me? (laughs) I cannot be bounded. I cannot be bounded. Put your ropes away. I shan't be bounded. Yeah, it should be (laughs) Uh, It knows, it knows the languages it knew in life. And here we're going to go into the abilities. So we're into legendary resistances with this creature. Um, It gets three per day. And that is uh, when it can success, it can have a success on a saving throw instead of fail. So it can do it three times a day. Nice. It has Master of the Grave. Yeah. Any undead ally within 30 feet can roll a saving throw with advantage, and it regains 1d6 hit points when it starts a turn in that range. So it heals its allies, and a 30-foot range is big. Yeah. Um, it also has evasion. So on a failed deck save, it takes half damage instead of full damage. And on um, a success, it takes no damage. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah. It also has um, unusual nature, which I think we've talked about enough. Mm-hmm. We know that. <laughs> he undead. Yeah. So you will find the Skull Lord in Mordenkainen's Tome of, Tome of Foes. And the newer Mordenkainen presents Monsters of the Multiverse. Tomb. <laughs> every time, Megan. Every time. <laughs> I'm moving on. <laughs> so, what I have described so far is the same in both books, aside from a slightly higher HP average in the Monsters of the Multiverse. However, we're about to dive into some bigger differences between the two books with legendary actions and spellcasting. Okay, so spellcasting. In Tome of Foes. I hate you. (laughs) I hate you so much. (laughs) Um, In Tome of Foes, it has the Skull Lord as a 13th level spellcaster using charisma. So I see you DC 18 and a plus 10 modifier. It knows up to 7th level sorcerer spells with your sorcerer level spell slots for each level. It has 6 cantrips that it knows, including Mage Hand, Chill Touch, Poison Spray. Of note for other spells it has, Finger of Death, Eye Bite, 
Cloud Kill, Cone of Cold, Fear, Magic Missile, Dimension Door, and Expeditious Retreat. So she, that, yep, yep, CR 15, she check out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it gives a good hint on how to play this monster. It maliciously attacks and also has self-preservation. So if it's getting low in HP, it's going to Dimension Door and disappear yeah. on you. It's going to do as much damage as it can before it leaves. Yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> so intense. Like, this will just fuck you up for yeah. many, many rounds of combat. In Monsters of the Multiverse, however, the Skull Lord still uses Charisma for spell casting, but it can only cast... Two cantrips at will, Mage Hand and Message, mm-hmm. twice per day, each Dimension Door and Fear, and once per day, each Cloud Kill and Cone of Cold. Okay. And that's mm-hmm. it. So it completely changes how you would tactically play this. Because yeah. this is not a go in there and fuck shit up. This is mess around a bit, do some me- some big hits. But then you're going to manipulate um, and leave. Leave, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a shocking difference yeah. in how they built both of those out. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, so now into actions. In both books, the Skull Lord gets multi-attack. It can make three attacks with Rip. its bone staff. It has... <laughs> <laughs> um, Megan, you're on today. <laughs> Not letting it go. (laughs) Go on. Pop off. Yeah, I'll pop this anyway. Um. (laughs) You're just gonna kill the (laughs) Aka. reach and does 1d8 plus 3 bludgeoning plus 4d6 necrotic. Could you imagine? (laughs) But wait, there's more. But wait, there's more? There's more. Okay. Um, And then in Monsters of the Multiverse, we see a ranged spell attack ability that can be swapped in um, as well. So uh, in Tomophos, It's multi-attack, melee attack only, Mm -hmm. and then in Monsters of the Multiverse, they add a a ranged spell that it can do in those three attacks. Um, This is called Deathly Ray, and it's a range of 60 feet, one target, and deals 5d8 necrotic damage. Well, So it gives it just that extra spin. Does it make up for the loss of all of those other spells? It really doesn't. Hell no, no. It does not. Um... All right, so legendary actions. Oh, we love to hear it. Yeah, we love to hear it. Uh, It can take three legendary actions per round. There are some changes to how many actions something can take to do in the the two books. Tomophos, it can take it. It can make a bone staff attack that costs two actions, but in Monster of the Multiverse, it can only it only costs one. Um, and that can be the Deathly Ray ranged attack or the Bone Staff attack. Tomophos, it can cast a cantrip. Remember, it has six options there. Um, and this is not even listed in the, in the Monsters of the Multiverse. Mm. Um, because there's less focus on spellcasting. Yeah, that's true. That makes sense. They're not even going to bother having it as a legendary action. Yeah. Both versions, the Skull Lord can make a move action with no opportunity attacks as a legendary action, and in both versions, it can summon undead. In Tomophos, it costs three actions. In Monsters of the Multiverse, it costs two. Yep. 
which when you start playing um, creatures with legendary actions, you realize how important those differences are because you only get three per round. So if something costs three, that's all you get to do. Yeah. Um, if it costs two, you you get to play a bit more with that. So yeah. it makes a big difference. Um, so what summon undead means is up to five skeletons or zombies appear in an unoccupied space within 30 feet. They obey the lords and roll into initiative. It can only have five undead summoned at one time. So yeah, you've, you've destroyed their fodder in front of them. It can just summon five more and just keep doing it. It's legendary actions. So that was a lot of info, but the differences between the Skull Lord in the two books is quite drastic. Uh, and in my honest opinion, it absolutely changes the way you play this this guy. They've taken away the powerful spell casting, and I do not think they compensated well with some more power, <laughs> no. powerful attack mm-hmm. abilities. Yeah. So I don't know. And the CR didn't change in either version, and I think it should have. Yeah, the CR not shifting is what gets me, but yeah. I do like the fact that if you wanted to play, again, a different play style as a DM, you can play either I'm going to be a heavy spellcaster that's going to make this battle last a lot longer, versus yeah. I'm going to have minimal spells, you're probably going to kill me a little bit faster, but I'm going to disappear sooner than I would if I was, like, the spellcasting version of, right? Yeah. But, like, it's very powerful. And, like, this actually, weirdly enough, does come up a lot when it came to Vecna and Cass and, like, the builds that originally created for these. They used to be super powerful, and then they nerfed them when they redid them uh, for, like, newer campaigns, like, to rebalance them for 5th edition almost. Yeah. Um, so sometimes they do that a lot, as they feel like it is more rebalanced where they do the remakes, but sometimes we're all like, well, that's shit, because <laughs> when I played this back in my day, it was a CR-15, and now it's, it says it's a CR-15, but this feels like CR-6, you know, like... Yeah, we're people- totally <laughs> that with this. Yeah. So, all right, well, let's yeah, talk about it a little bit more. Let's roll some dice. Mark. All right, uh, so that's Casey with a 12, and then me with a 7, and then Mieka with a 6. All right, nice. creative quest ideas for these ones. I think we're getting to a nice, meatier potential quest here. Yes, easily big, bad, evil guy. Um, and like you said, I guess you could you could throw them in as not the big, bad, evil guy, even though the CR is 15, with the other version that's mm-hmm. less spellcasty. Yeah. Um, I think you're going to find this very much more location specific. You're going to, it makes the most sense because of just the history of how these are created to go into the Shadowfell, um, to have these be an encounter. Yeah. So it could be part of a big side venture of your campaign. It could be the main venture that you, your group is prepping to enter the Shadowfell or finding a way to the Shadowfell. Yeah. And then this is something they're going to find. No, I like the fact that, like, I would play on that they used to fight with each other. Yeah. Like, and again, to your point, very area specific. That if you're going into the Shadowfell or to one of these areas, you are playing, like, a basically a Game of Thrones style game of, like, the skeleton, like, skull lord to the north and the skull lord to the south. Yeah. And they're at war with each other. Yeah. And you have to kind of decide, like, which side you go to. And I would love to play this as a love story because, like, 
that's just what I do. <laughs> but like, it would be like your your lord and then your lady that are for some reason just because they're compelled to argue and fight. <laughs> but you were just in some large marital dispute that has lasted longer than it's necessary. Yeah. Right? Real Romeo and Juliet bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Mieka? No, I agree with both of y'all. Like, um, you got, <laughs> like, the Skull Lord that lives on top of, like, the mountain or whatever, and there's, like, a bunch of people who have, like, rumors, heard rumors about him or whatever. Yeah. Something like that. So, definitely playing into what you both were saying, pulling on those aspects. Mix it in together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, body horror? I don't know if there's much to add to body horror for this one, other than the fact that there are three skulls. Yeah. That's the main yeah. physical difference with these ones. Yeah. And I think, um, and it does speak the language is it new in life. So yeah. the fun, interesting spin you could be do is that the three skulls don't all speak the same languages. Yeah. They might have common in common, mm-hmm. but maybe they can communicate in like other languages as well. Um, and I think I think they would still try and argue and work mm-hmm. independently. So you could kind of spin that in the in the like, role play aspect of it. The role play aspect, yeah. and then have maybe in the body horror of like they might be gnashing at each other trying like, to bite each other yeah. yeah like not agreeing on the tactics that are being out there so it could kind of be just another level one controls the hand just flicks the other one in the forehead yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh what about you make anything else added for body horror or even role play yeah honestly it, maybe not really like horror but like i see them as overcompensating <laughs> for their like like <laughs> Similar to that picture, like, they dress so fancy and, like, just overdoing it. Like, don't look at the other heads. Like, yeah. It's got, like, a giant headdress that just covers the other two heads. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like, these things are funny to me. Oh, my God. Exploration clues that you'd think you might be coming up to one of these. I kind of like like how you talked about the feud between like two ruling over different lands yeah. next to each other on both your houses. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and I think you could even not be seeking out the Skull Lords, but be navigating on the road mm-hmm. and come across a feud happening or a battle between <laughs> these two Skull Lords and their hordes fighting and you are just like what is happening like i'm gonna skirt around this <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> go, go back right and maybe you do and maybe the path the the only way forward is through like this like cavern or valley that mm-hmm. they're fighting in and so you have to try and navigate your way around or stealth your way and not be yeah. um, noticed Ooh. and and yeah like maybe you end up interacting and picking a side maybe you know <laughs> and then it was knowing our group you'd pick the wrong side yeah that suddenly like unleashes some weird yeah. evil onto the world like vecna reborn you know yeah. what i mean like fuck that yeah yeah so, that could be kind of fun that's fair whatever you make exploration clues no, I totally agree. <laughs> yeah. I like the whole, um, like, the King of the North 
queen of the south. Yeah. And like dealing with the um what's going on in between them, talking with talking with the NPCs and uh yeah. stuff like that. Piecing together their story. Yeah. So hear me out. This is mm-hmm. how I picture it happening in my head. This is gonna be a war that has been waged for years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because skeletons and undead don't tire, don't require food, don't require sleep, don't require any yes, they've been fighting for years in this battlefield. Yeah. Constantly raising more of these skeletons, doing all these things. Not only that, but at one point, maybe there were lifed bodies. Therefore, there are boneless here. There are these weird fucking blobs here. Everything we have talked about today is in this battle and Mm -hmm. has been going for hundreds of years. Yes. Because just going at it because like they can. Yeah. Right? And there's like it's just never ending. So it's just like who gives in first? Make the love story happen to stop the war. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Like of course. Like that's the only way. Otherwise we're just gonna keep fighting for the rest of their lives, right? Like the energy. (laughs) (laughs) The energy of this guy's bone staff. My (laughs) guy. You're welcome, you. Oh, thank you. <clears throat> I'm gonna. I want to rename right. this episode to Bone Staff Energy. Yeah, just throwing that out there. Then it's polished. <laughs> no, you better be polished. Um, all right. <laughs> so, as always, let's talk about a couple of other possible skeletons that you can utilize within your campaigns. As I mentioned at the beginning, skeletons come from anything that is living once and has bones. So let's be real. So in the book, Infernal Machines Rebuild, there are some skeletal creatures that you may come across that have been built into the system. A lot of this happens due to utilizing time-altering machinery to age out creatures around you, which causes them to become life skeletons. So we do get creatures like the skeletal giant owl, polar bear, owl bear, and what's worse, a two-headed owl bear. Oh, all All of these creatures utilize the creature, that creature's stat blocks, but then just gains the ability of being an undead, such as the bludgeoning damage vulnerability, obviously, because it becomes undead and it has its immunities, such as like it's, um, all the same immunities you get when you're an undead. Yeah. Same thing. Um, so basically what makes each one a little bit more frightening is that your giant owl can fly with a speed of 60. But only as a walking speed of five. <laughs> um, they are a CR of one quarter, but just physically are more frightening and, again, can fly. Yeah. When mm. you see an undead flying, like... Clacking bones. Yeah. Owl bat thing yeah. flying yeah. at you. Yeah. Um, polar bears are up to a CR two with a strength of plus five, a speed of 40, and a swim speed of 30. And are a lot more perceptive. Mm. So okay. just, again, like, you're, you're fighting... A, a bone bear you know <laughs> like fuck that no um owl bears so anyone who's played D kind of knows what an owl bear is they are naturally ferocious creatures uh so when they're undead they become a cr3 um so on top of all their undead qualities they have an added speed of 40 instead of 30 and then their strength again is plus five um two-headed owl bears uh they are up to a cr3 um they can now multi-attack with their beak because owl bears <laughs> have two. There's, there's two, two beaks. <laughs> um, and has advantages against being deafened, blinded, charmed, stunned, or knocked unconscious. Yeah. Two heads are better than one. Yeah. And again, like owl bears are inherently like ferocious, scary beasts. Like they're going to want to kill you. So, and like and that's the thing that all these are built within um, the Infernal Machines Guide as they're creatures that were once living. And then because within this book, you 
you have the ability to do time alterations. They're now just angrier versions of their previous predecessors. But this kind of shows me that you can basically make anything into a fucking skeleton and utilize it, right? <laughs> yeah. Just use it's living stat block and give it undead capabilities. Yeah. Yep. Right. Um... So within Storm King's Thunder, one of my most favorite books recently, there's a possible encounter where a fire giant's tooth is found. If it is picked up, it unleashes what is called the Thunder Beast skeleton, which will then focus down and murder whoever is holding said tooth. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> this follows the Ankylosaurus uh, stat block with the changes of it gains a bite attack uh, on top of its tail attack. It's vulnerable to bludgeoning damage because skeleton. Um, and then gains, of course, the undead immunities. And, and then gains dark vision. Otherwise, they're considered to be a huge beast with an AC of 15, speed up to 30, plus 4 to strength, and plus 2 to con. And this makes them a CR 3. And then all, again, again, and on top of that, they can bite and use a tail attack. Hmm. That's so, pretty dope and damaging. Yeah. yeah. It's basically like a giant dinosaur bones. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, so then within the critical role book, The Netherdeep... Um, there is an optional encounter where, where you can come across a pile of bones that will slither back together and form the bloodfin. For those who don't know what a bloodfin is, it is basically a giant ferocious looking eel that's covered in blood. The image in the book, fucking frightening. <laughs> Screeching eels, you know? Gross, yeah. Um, this, <laughs> this uses the slithering, uh, bloodfin stat block, which is also found within that book, uh, with the added undead features, but also gains resistance to... Piercing slash and slashing damage, as well as immunity to being charmed, deafened, frightened, paralyzed, and poisoned. In general, the slithering blood, blood fins explode when they die, causing extra damage to those around you, and can even swallow you. They are CR of 9. Oh, oh my gosh. Being yeah. swallowed by yeah. a skeletal eel. Yeah. How? Painful. Yeah. With pain, Mieka. Okay. I'm With like, pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because nothing is... trapped in their ribs. No. Yeah, why? Uh, gonna hate it. I don't like that. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so I'm gonna have to read it in a second because now I'm imagining how awesome would it be if you got swallowed by one of these things, but it is just a, a tube of bones, <coughs> and they're trying to slash it to get you out of it, but because it's bones, they can accidentally hit you. <gasps> like, yeah. I mean, the same thing would happen if you were hitting a fleshy snake that you were inside, and they actually sliced. The section that you're sitting in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the same, but but you can see them. So why would you, you know, like just, (laughs) anyways, it's all fucked in my mind. Yeah. (laughs) All right. But as always, speaking of all these other undead weird creatures, when would you include these in a campaign as a DM? Anytime you want. (laughs) I would throw these in when, when you're dealing with some sort of skull lord or something Mm -hmm. more beefy even that can raise creatures raise mm-hmm. dead raise yeah. like add some flavor to it and they're not raising just human skeletons mm-hmm. yeah yeah agreed thinking of that undead battle you were talking about yeah. where everyone's just going at each other just like animals other <laughs> skeletons everyone's yeah. just going at it yep so yeah i would say i would bring us back to the one of the first things i said when we started this episode i had mentioned that the original base bone skeleton um can either be created due to necromatic magic on purpose or by accident. So what I am now imagining is a necromancer who has a wizard's tower, but because of the necromatic magic that's happening with round its tower, anything that dies within a certain radius of this tower 
will then be raised as a skeleton just because of the necromatic magic that is floating around. Yeah. So you're going to get all kinds of undead animals. You're going to get shrieking eels in the moats of your of your fucking wizard's tower. You're going to get Ooh, random yeah. feral undead squirrels, you know? <laughs> like, you get all kinds of undead shit just yeah. because of the magic that is happening in this area. And that is a good exploration clue that you were getting close to your wizard's tower or getting somewhere close to a necromancer because everything around you is undead and dying. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Goodness. You're Love it. <laughs> Once again, you're welcome, Internet. <laughs> All right, what's the most horrifying detail that you lean in, would, that you would lean into with one of these? And you can talk about any of them. So there were, like, all regular creatures and animals up to um, the fucking shrieking eel thing, uh, you know? As well as, like, the, what was it? The, um, the thunder beast skeleton, which is a dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah, the Thunder Beast skeleton, like just seeing a, like I know there are dinosaurs in D and D, but it's just like just seeing one just walking across, like whoa, like, yeah, like, it just feels out of place to me. Well, maybe think of Eberron and like how like yeah, all yeah, the yeah. all their monsters then becoming undead capable monsters, right? Mm-hmm. If this one is, why can't we do any of the other ones? Yeah, you know. What about you, Casey? Yeah, well, and these are char- these are creatures that would um, would rip your head off or yeah. rip you limb from limb and maybe eat something. So, yeah. and they're skeletal, yeah, but they still would like a like an owl bear would like shred into you, yeah. and have flesh and like. Mm-hmm. I, so I kind of feel like you would like the horrifying thing is like you might see remnants just like stuck to its. Like it, oh, like yeah. its skeleton form inside mm-hmm. of like, like other eating. yeah because yeah. it like oh, wow. devoured that like the head is stuck between like two ribs because yeah. it ripped the head off of something and oh ate that's it. horrifying <laughs> that is horrifying yeah because at the end of the day it's not that even just because they can't don't need to eat sleep breathe and do all these things again if we go back to one of the first things we talked about about base skeletons is that if they even if they lose their master they're gonna do what they were taught, trained to, and know how to do. So if a feral creature who's a predator, and that's all they've known throughout their life, suddenly becomes a skeleton version of itself, it will continue to be a scary predator. Yep. Just Mm -hmm. bony. Yep. Right? Exactly. Like, it's going to devour you if it would devour you for food or... Yeah, it'd be like, oh, food, but it doesn't know that it's not getting sustenance from you. No. It doesn't fucking <laughs> That's know. That's tactic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, I just, Instinct. I'm, I'm doing this because I was told that this is what I do. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's fucked up. Yeah. Oh, skeletons are fucked up, man. So on a scale of one to ten bone splinters, how would you rank these bony bagged bitches as part of the undead landscape in <laughs> D&D 5th edition? <laughs> You gotta know, you gotta know. You Thank gotta. you for adapting to my needs. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, first up, skeleton. Um, skeletons, I, I... Now that we've talked about that there are better skeletons out there, base skeleton, <laughs> mm-hmm. basic, right? Yeah. I'm gonna... Basic, big a Biggest, bitch. big bitch. Yeah. So I'm gonna... But, uh, but again, super cool. But I'm gonna give it like a two. One in my book. I have no respect for you. <laughs> I have no respect for you. <laughs> You're just a skeleton. That's all you do. Down. You're a skeleton? One. And that's all that you do? Yeah. <laughs> next. Yeah. yeah. Two. Two? Two. All right. What's next? All right. Skeleton warrior. <sighs> Three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you armored your skeleton. Congratulations. Two. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> all right. Skeletal knight. 
These are the ones that are controlled by the necklace, right? No. Or was it the warrior that's controlled? Uh, warrior. The warrior is controlled. Controlled. Got you. Was the warrior the one that could speak? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. The knight cannot. Well, I'd still get the knights. Like, again, we're up in it. Four. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The skeletal knight has, like, the beefy armor and the epic blade with three It does. It does have the... the, This is when we get to the three attacked versions of these bitches. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, no, I give it a five, then. Three attacks (laughs) is scary. Yeah. 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 Seven. I don't like the three attack situation. (laughs) I don't like your three attack situation. (laughs) I don't like it, so... Mm. Yeah. Right. Fair enough. Alright, Skeleton Lord. <sighs> they... <laughs> Once you know about the Skull Lord, it's like, oh... Basic. Yeah. Like, right? They're pretty... They're they're more devastating than the other ones, so they gotta be like a six. I give them a seven, just because we're getting into more of the magical yeah. capabilities. Yeah. Right? Because these are the ones yeah. now that you can't kill without magical means. Yeah, so. I was gonna say three, but I guess a six. <laughs> well, I guess I'll up it twice as much. <laughs> you know what? Double it. <laughs> Whack it now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, skeletal giant owl. Or did we did we mention Skull Lord yet though? Oh, well, we, sorry. We, yeah, let's rate the Skull Lord first because we just talked about how he is better I than the rest. So confident we, we did. Too. <laughs> All right, Skull Lord, Skull Lord. Um, I think they're badass as fuck. But yeah. I would. Do, so here's the thing: the spell casting version, yeah, nine. The mm-hmm. non casting spell version, seven. Hundred percent agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> No I like this rating system. I would say, honestly, I would even say a 10. I think there's so much you can do with them as far as, like, role-playing and um, setting the map. It was like, the love the scene. It was yeah. the love story, wasn't it? It oh. was the love story. It always a love story for you. It was the long-distance relationship for me. Oh. <laughs> Just He's close enough to no touch, one. but not quite grab. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Skeletal giant owl. I feel like we can rate the owl bear, like the giant owl, the polar bear, mm-hmm. and the owl bear, and the two headed owl bear together. <laughs> yeah, all together. Oh, I... It's like they're all the same to me. Yeah. They're just like skeletal versions of their at skeletal. Who says skeletal? Who says skeletal? Can we talk oh about that God. for a second? If I'm being science <laughs> nerd, skeletal. Yeah. If, if, if I'm being like D&D nerd, it's skeletal. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. Skeletal? Yeah, skeletal. Wait, who's saying skeletal? <laughs> Is this a Canadian thing? <laughs> I've never heard of Sc- You've never heard Skeletal before? No. Oh. Well, maybe. maybe. I don't know. We'll oh do my Someone on the internet, look up the linguistics. <laughs> can you put that on the internet so we can figure that out? Um. <laughs> it could totally be a Canadian thing. It might be. I don't maybe know, though. Maybe call it Skeletal. <laughs> it sounds like Skeletal to me. <laughs> Anyways, that's a, that's a huge segue. Yeah. Okay, my two cents is giant owl edges out the other one slightly because it flies. Because it flies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Because the polar yeah. bear is added as a swim speed, which is, like, useful in very specific scenarios. Yeah. Um, and owl bears are just generally frightening. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> ow- giant owl, yes. The swooping capabilities of that bitch, not a fan. Yeah. Casey, when you said, like, you can see the remnants of what it ate before and. Yeah. Like, <gasps> for all of those, that bumps him up to, like, a 10 for me. Ooh, I don't want to see that! <laughs> and what if the giant owl regurgitates it? Oh! I don't want to see that process! <laughs> it doesn't have the organs to do that, Casey. 
If we're gonna get into the science, of, if we're gonna get into the science of this magical <laughs> animal, that's too far. That's where you're that's where you draw the line. It can't regurgitate. That's ridiculous. No esophagus. How is it gonna regurgitate? Oh my god. Okay, Megan. <laughs> I'm gonna like rip this magical game apart, and you're gonna listen to me. <laughs> Thunder beast skeleton. Dinosaurs. Don't like them. One. <laughs> but, but giant, giant story. Dinosaurs. Yes. You bore me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's whole but thing. I do, I do, again, to your point, yes, it is giant attached, but it's giant attached in a very specific lore. If we're to use them elsewhere. They're just. They're you bore just me. Dinosaur. Yeah, dinosaurs. Okay. No, I'm, sorry, Adam. Dinosaurs bore me. Yeah, my character is not fighting the dinosaur. Like, she would run. But, uh, does that make it a 10 for you then? <laughs> yes, it does. Okay, there you go. All of these animals. 10.5. This, this has to be high simply because you, I don't know if you, you would fare very well if you encountered this. Are you saying the royal you or are you looking at me and saying you no. do not survive very well? <laughs> well, you're being a bit spicy, you're so I'll say it's a generalized you. <laughs> on my phone. <laughs> You're being a bit spicy. <laughs> anyway. Last but not least, oh, skeletal blood. <laughs> I'm, like, what? I'm not gonna let that go. I'm gonna look that up. I am going to research that skeletal. Skeletal blood everyone. We're gonna anger so much of the internet. <laughs> Swallow you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And, yeah. Not and a fan. I'm just generally scared of the depths of water and That's like true. the ocean, yeah. the mystery, and like fuck me. Solid twelve for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a fan of you. Like, same thing. Deep ocean. Like yeah, thought of that. The deep abyss scares mm-hmm. the fuck out of me. Not a fan. Yeah. No. I'll throw. I'll throw that as a ten. Gross. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Now. on this part of our conversation on undead and undead. On this part of our conversation on Undead in D&D 5th Edition.
Stay tuned next month when we rise up to haunt you again with even more terrors from beyond the grave. Leaving behind what undead lurks under your skin. And instead exploring what undead lurk under the water. Oh no. We just talked about that! <laughs> I don't want to do it, I quit! <laughs> Fuck this shit. to this episode of the It's Mood podcast. If you'd like to support us, we have a donate button on our website, www.itsamimic.com, as well as a Patreon. If you'd like to discuss what you've heard here today, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and at r slash itsamimic. For other episodes on other kinds of monsters, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks again for listening to It's a Mimic, where you never know what you're going to get. Skeletal! <laughs> let's, let's skeletal! <laughs> let's skeletal out of here! <laughs> what does skeletaling look like? Oh what does it look like with long skeletals? <laughs> have heard that superstition that when you shiver it's somebody stepping on your grave chair was down again. yeah man you're I welcome that. you're welcome for that horror yeah. nugget of Thank information you, every time you shiver now you're like fuck megan <laughs> <laughs> get off my grave yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and i'll be like <laughs> oh man Oh, I get the first part in this episode. Oh, I've got... Yeah, I'm number two. Got a solid chunk of... Oh, there's a lot of information in this one. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> All right, team. Yeah, we kind of go... We bounce around. We do bounce around a little bit, but we can always uh, mitigate our conversations around things. I can... I can weasel lead through it weasel way. us through yeah. that yeah. i'll lead you the way into a shorter episode recording there's a lot of if there's anything i know how to do it is that <laughs> and yet she didn't you're being a bit spicy so i'll say to generalize you <laughs>